What's up, y'all? Today on the Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box podcast, we are talking about finding money where you didn't know existed. You know, everybody loves finding money. So we're talking about this with my guest, Mark Scyther. You better list it up right after this intro. Welcome back, Tribe. You are listening to Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box, where we invite doctors, dentists, and medical entrepreneurs who are breaking the mold, stepping outside the box as entrepreneurs, and practicing on their terms to share their journey, wisdom, and their inspiration with the world. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne. My calling is to help doctors find freedom, fulfillment, and full self-expression. I have helped dozens of medical professionals transform their mindset, leverage their skill set, and build profitable businesses and careers they love. Now, let's get to the good stuff. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an opportunity for inspiration, motivation, and empowerment with me and our amazing guests. Now, let's take it to the next level, y'all. Here we go. Hey, you all, we are back with Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box, and I'm super excited. I have a new friend here, um, Mark Scyther. He is owner of the company Kingsview Partners, and he has a podcast as well. He's a fellow podcaster, the Wealth Preservation Podcast, and I'm excited because we're talking about finding money, and doesn't everyone like to find money? Everyone loves finding money. Like, and I mean, even, even, and this is a true story, the guy who uh, is outside of my window every once in a while with a, with a metal detector, he loves okay. finding money, you know, but there, I'm going to say there's probably more efficient ways to do it. And we'll hopefully, you know, uh, you know, discover some more of those in today's podcast, but uh, yes, yeah. everyone loves finding money. Yes. And I especially think people love finding money that was currently en route to the IRS and has been redirected back to their pocket. <laughs> That's right. Well, welcome, Mark. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on. We definitely want to hear about finding money that was on its way to the IRS. But before we get started, how are you today? Uh, fantastic. Yeah, every, everything's good. I got, I got family coming into town. Uh, uh, I got a cousin who's getting married and yeah, we're, the whole family's getting together and it's going to be fun. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, it's always a good day when we can talk about money. Yes. 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 <laughs> and finding money. And finding money. <laughs> so, you know, I want our listeners to kind of get a little background of you. So I just, you know, kind of tell us your story. Tell us like how you got to where you are, what you do. And, yeah. um, and then we just kind of jump into it. Yeah. Well, uh, so I am in Northern California. Um, I was, you know, I was, I was, Born here, mostly raised here, spent some time in, in uh, uh, Minnesota and Southern California as well. But um, I've been a financial advisor, financial planner, investment guy for a little over five years. And um, my, I mean, what really brought me to where I'm at today is I spent some time um, managing the wealth management side of a trust administration firm. And trust administration is as, as exciting as it sounds. I mean, everyone loves talking about legal work and trusts. Uh, administering trusts is even more, um, more mind-numbing. Uh, but <laughs> uh, one thing that uh, you know really shifted my business partner and I's philosophy is, 
you know, when looking at, you know, trust administration and all these entrepreneurs and how they built their wealth and these business owners, very few of them ever said like, oh, you know how I made a ton of money? Um, Wall Street, you know, <laughs> like investing in a 401k. That's how I made my fortune. It was like, no, they, they all made money by doing, you know, doing something that they're exceptionally good at and then uh, leveraging that saving in taxes some tax strategies, you know, like they, they made their money other ways. Now investments was always a portion of it, but it really kind of steered our financial planning philosophy away from, Hey, we need to talk about investments too. We got to talk about your tax planning and your, also your exit strategy, mm -hmm. right? Like yeah. exit strategies out of a business or an out of a practice. Uh, if, you know, if you lose a dollar to taxes, you have to go remake that dollar. And if you're exiting out of your business, that dollar is gone. You're not going back to work to remake that dollar. So, you know, um, really a 20% tax savings is going to greatly outweigh an 8% taxable gain. So that's, that's more of our focus on our practice. Ah, interesting. You say exit strategy, because I hear that a lot, you know, when we're, when you're going into business, you kind of have to begin with the end in mind and, mm -hmm. and think about exit strategy, but oftentimes it's so difficult for someone who's just starting to, to, to build a business to think about, what happens on the back end of that, like, like exiting, because yeah. for some of us, we don't ever think we're going to exit, right? We're like, yo, I love this. I'm doing it. I, this is, of course, if you're, if you're a physician and you have a private practice, that's a whole different story. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, for us who are like moving into coaching um, positions and building training schools and building those types of more virtual practices, we don't even think like, oh yeah, what would be an exit strategy? So it's such a great thing to mm -hmm. even bring to our minds, uh, to our awareness to think about right away. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, a lot of people don't think about exit strategies and it's, it's normally because, you know, today there's pain and we want to deal with today's pain. Mm -hmm. um, but you're either, you either eventually turn into someone who wants to exit, right, over time and, and that happens and some people think it'll never happen and it, it happens but sometimes you're forced into an exit, right? Mm -hmm. You're forced into, Hey, I literally can't do this anymore. I either got to take care of family. I got to yeah. take care. So, you know, I think the, the, you know, statistic is like about one in five uh, businesses that go up for sale actually sell for ballpark what the, um, what the asking price is. Mm -hmm. Right. And really it's just from a, it's just from a, well, I all of a sudden need to exit and all, I'm, I'm kind of limited. I, I, you know, I didn't do any, I didn't put the cogs in places to where I could get out of this very easily. And when that happens, uh, you know, sometimes you're forced to write really big checks to the IRS, which they love. You know, you'll notice that the IRS doesn't have a, a exit strategy uh, planning division. That's like, Hey, here's uh, how you pay us no. less. They're just like, Hey, whatever happens, happens, you know, it's on you. So death and taxes. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely something to, to think about. And, and really, you know, I, I think for most people um, they're not presented with, just the right information, mm -hmm. you know, we, we try and take a, you know, we try and not tell people exactly what they're going to do. We just let them know like, Hey, here are some options and here how certain things work. Right. Once they know, I mean, they typically tell us what they want to do. And, and it, you know, they're basically their own advisor at that point. Cause they're like, okay, now that I understand this, mm -hmm. here's the pieces I need in place. Yeah. So, so, so let's talk about this finding money and the find, especially finding money on the way to IRS. How, mm -hmm. how is it that you help people do that? What are the challenges? What, what are some of the ways that you help people find this money? Yeah. So, 
you know, one thing we look at, like, especially on the real estate side is, hey, what are we doing? Um, what are we doing real estate wise? And like, is there an opportunity to maybe do like a cost seg study there, right? Where we can do a cost segregation and we can fast forward a bunch of depreciation all at once, which just because we can do that doesn't mean we should. It's just, can we? Because what we might end up with is, okay, I could do a cost seg study, right? Um, and I could take that right off today. However, I know I'm going to be selling a property in two years or three years, and there's going to be a large taxable event there, mm-hmm. right? So if we time these things up to where it's like, okay, well, huge taxable event, we're also going to go, you know, do this other thing that's going to offset that, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's finding money. There's, there's also another, um, there's another, uh, this one's more of a short-term option, but there's more of these things out there. You just have to look, but there's a, a local group, uh, Boavita, and they do um, real estate in specifically just mobile homes and trailer parks. Mm. And they have some funds where it's like, hey, we're going to take, you know, anything on a, anything on a 20 year depreciation schedule, mm. uh, you can fast forward and take all of that year one. And so they will go in and, you know, we, we have a podcast with them on it. I mean, and if you want to get connected with them, I mean, you know, you can find them pretty easily, but um, they'll probably do a better job explaining it than my short summary. But <laughs> the gist of it is, okay, well, you know, let's say we have a $300,000, you know, we sell our business 1.2 million. Mm-hmm. We've got a $300,000 uh, tax bill. Mm-hmm. We could potentially put 350, 375,000 into this fund in the same year. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, okay, I owe 300,000. I also got depreciation equaling 300,000 mm-hmm. in the same year. Right. Now you still own that asset and they're going to give you the money back over time, right. but now it's categorized as principal and you're not going to get taxed on that. So at the end of five years, you're left with your full value of what you sold your company for. Right. And so these are just some of the ways that, uh, you know, it's like, if we know these things, mm-hmm. you can start strategizing like, okay, this is a really advantageous move, but it's mm-hmm. going to be more advantageous if we do it in two years. Yeah. At the same time, if I know I'm getting money back over five years, mm-hmm. maybe I could do some Roth conversions. I mean, we can talk about that too, where it's like, I have some pre-tax money. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I'm not in a high tax bracket. I'm going to I'm going to pay as much taxes while I'm in a low tax bracket as I can before I shoot up again. So that yeah. those are areas where we find money and let people know, like, these are tools that are out there. You just have to know how to use them. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, so a lot of the docs who and medical professionals who listen are entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, you know, how we can save our money, <laughs> you know, how we can um, <laughs> save ourselves from being you know, tax additionally, where we can, you know, preserve our wealth mm-hmm. as we build it. Yeah. So a, a great, especially for, you know, physicians who are getting into, into real estate or some other passive uh, investment, mm-hmm. uh, probably one of the, and we do have some doctor clients where this has become an issue with them where, you know, they're told, hey, Max fund your 401k, do a profit share plan, mm-hmm. you know, especially you guys who have a small, you know, small operation and they can put, you know, 56 to 61,000 into these profit share plans or, right. or even cash bound, you know, there's, there's these plans that allow them to defer all this money mm-hmm. and kind of what they get caught with was while I was in a 32% tax bracket, mm-hmm. I deferred all this money and now I'm retiring 
and I'm in a 32% tax bracket. So, you know, did they really win? I mean, yes, right. technically they technically they deferred the taxes and it got to, you know, got to compound on a larger balance, but mm -hmm. they're still feeling a ton of pain. And then yeah. come age 30, you know, not 32, uh, uh, 72, they're now forced to take money out that they may not need. I mean, they may, mm -hmm. you know, we had a doctor client last year who, you know, he, he had to take out about $80,000 and mm -hmm. he was like, I don't need $80,000. And the IRS was like, according to us, you do, and we need to, we need to tax you in the state of California, needed right. to tax you at right. roughly 50%, right? right? Wow. So now, now he just wrote a check for 40 grand and he's like, I don't even want this, I don't even want the remainder, right? right. So for those who are looking at passive income, we try and tell them like, hey, there are some tax-free vehicles out there, right? We can, we can bite the bullet and pay some taxes today and fund these tax-free vehicles. Mm -hmm. We can create these passive income streams, mm -hmm. right? And then we can do some work with the CPA to maybe have some write-offs and have some, you know, and, and kind of our, our goal is, you know, if I can get you to where, if I can get you to where you have about five to six years of, well, I'll back up one half step. If we have revenue streams that are tax-free, passive, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and taking some, you know, taking some tax write-offs, you know, on the ordinary income bracket, you basically are showing no ordinary income, mm. right? So mm -hmm. passive income, you're going to be at the flat capital gains rate and, and that's fine. Pay your 15%. Like mm -hmm. people are okay with that. Right. Tax free is tax free. Right. Um, but when it comes to filing your taxes, you know, you're going to show like, okay, well, technically though I made $200,000 mm -hmm. or though I took in $200,000, it was through revenues that did not push me up that tax bracket to where I'm getting taxed more and more. So if we can, if we can create a chunk of time where you're not experiencing that, right. you can do what's called a Roth conversion, which is different than contributing to a Roth. Mm. A Roth, you can, you know, you just do your, Hey, I'm putting in 6,500, you know, 6,500 bucks, 7,000 bucks, mm -hmm. you know, depending on your age. Mm -hmm. um, a conversion is just, well, I've got 800,000 in a 401k. I'm going to convert 150,000 and pay the tax on it. Mm -hmm. Well, if we tank your, your, your tax bracket, mm -hmm. push you down, mm -hmm. this is money you need at some point anyway, mm -hmm. right? Like, like you, you put it there cause you need it for retirement. You need it for retirement anyway. It's just now you've played the strategic pieces to where you say, okay, I need this money in four years, but I know in four years, I'll probably be at a high tax bracket. I'm going to convert it now, pay the tax now, set it aside. Mm -hmm. And then the other, the other kind of gimme to this is, you know, you look at, you look at that compound interest calculator, right? You look at that compound interest schedule. Well, really what we're doing is two things. We're forcing you into a, we're giving you the options to be in a low tax bracket. Mm -hmm raise your hand and say, hey, Mr. IRS, uh, I happen to want to pay taxes this year. And the IRS says, awesome. <laughs> oh, darn it. You're like at a super low tax bracket. And you're like, I know, here's your check, you know, right. like 12%. I don't care. Take it, take it, take it, right? Yeah. But also, I mean, you typically, people at that tail end of their working years, that's when their compound interest is taken off the most. Mm -hmm. So we're also able to, you know, if you cannot touch your 401k for four or five, six years, mm -hmm. 
you know, you think about the growth on the four, five, six years that really you probably wouldn't experience if you had been drawing down money, moving it super conservatively, mm-hmm. you know, basically just like, like doing what most people do in retirement. There's what most people do, but just because most people do it doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. I mean, right. On paper, most people eat McDonald's a lot. I mean, that means the right thing to do, right? Like, you know, so there's, there's what most people do and there's what's right for you specifically. And so, you know, that's, that's another way where we can say, okay, if you do what most people do, you're going to pay X amount in taxes. Right. If we change these two things, you're going to be putting in the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. We're not going to ask you to save more, less, same amount of money, but we're going to take it differently. Right. You know? Savings easy. Spending is what we should plan for. We're going to plan for how you spend. Right. And if we can do that, we could potentially, uh, we could potentially have a really big impact on the actual size of your retirement accounts Wow. and the longevity of those dollars. It's so interesting. You're like a money strategist. A, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would say that's, you know, that's how that it sounds. Is, it's like you strategize how people move and how people move their money, like where it should go, when it should go there, what vehicle should go in. I just like, that's the word that came to me as you were talking. I was like, he's like, this is like a lot of strategy. (laughs) Which strategist. (laughs) And this is why, I mean, this is why I kind of like have a deep hatred for my industry a little bit um, is most, most investment guys will be like, oh, you know, the way to like massive wealth uh, are proprietary funds and asset allocation and investments. And it's like, Absolutely not. Like, I mean, again, if I get an 8% taxable gain, I mean, great, we're still paying taxes on it. And maybe it's in a place where I don't want it. But if we do a little bit of strategy and, and have it to where we're just liquidating efficiently, mm-hmm. I mean, for, for some people, it's a matter of like, oh, well, I guess I'll just retire sooner, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I know that I can, if, if my goal was I need X amount of dollars to retire at 65, mm-hmm. Well, now knowing that I can stretch those out longer, maybe I retire at 62, you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So now we're, now we're also cutting off some working years and you know, mm-hmm. those early years in retirement are where you probably travel the most and mm-hmm. you know, you get to enjoy life a little sooner. So nice. So, okay. Now for people who are, cause I work with a lot of early career docs. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there are a lot of early career docs at this point, transitioning and doing their own thing, either starting their own practices or starting their own businesses or creating invest, some investing in real estate, some doing other things, but creating these multiple streams of income. So mm-hmm. how do they get started? It's, that, it's not a matter of when, because I feel like it's always right now. When do you start? Yeah. Right now, always. When I was in residency, we had financial planners coming to talk to us. And, mm-hmm. and that was smart for our residency. I haven't seen it in many residencies, but I think that in training, like when you first start to earn any bit of income, that's the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess the question is like, how do you get started? I mean, like what, what are the first steps? What do you need to understand or know? I mean, obviously you need to know who to reach out to, but how do you assess? How do you assess yeah. who's a, who's the proper financial planner or money strategist <laughs> and who's not? What are the warning signs? What are the red flags? <laughs> oh, I'd say anyone who is like, you know, I'm the, I'm going to beat the market investment wise. And that's why you should choose me. Mm. That's your instant red flag because the market always wins. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can, you can be smart, but if you're relying on like, Oh, the market's going to get 8% all, you know, 
on average, I'm going to get 10% on average. It's like, well, then why don't we all have our money with you? I mean, like, if you can actually do that, I'd move all my clients to you and just say that, mm -hmm. you know, but no one statistically has really been able to do that. Um, right. You know, I, I would say a big part of it is, you know, there, there is a pretty heavy education piece, you know, um, and you want to have a team that is more focused on the education portion and can actually explain things versus just telling you it's going to be okay, right? Like, <laughs> like, I try and encourage my clients that, hey, everything is going to be okay, but, but here's why. Like, I, right. I you know, um, because there's, you know, <laughs> to your question of like, how do people pick a good one? I, I wrote a blog piece specifically on that. Uh, about how, to be honest, I don't even know how you pick a good one. <laughs> I mean, just being honest, because I'm like, everyone, you know, everyone focuses on their language. Right. If you go into a finance, you know, if you go behind the curtain in a financial, and, you know, hopefully, well, I'm on your podcast, so compliance doesn't have any say in what, <laughs> compliance doesn't have any say in what I say now. Right. But if you go behind the curtain of a lot of these, you know, big institutions, their education is, you know, their their training is not on strategy. It's not on how you design certain products or, or portfolios, a lot of it is, here's the language you use to get to a yes, mm -hmm. right? And so because of that, I do think it's getting harder and harder to just um, hear someone talk and be like, oh, this guy, absolutely, yeah. right? Um, so I do think you have, to, you have to be like, you know what, no one cares more about my life than me. And so I'm going to get educated. I'm going to find some people who have some educational material mm -hmm. who let me know how, you know, how the sausage is made, mm -hmm. why things are the way they are. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I think if people are presented with the right information, mm -hmm. they'll pick their own strategy that works for them. Right. They still need the team to implement it. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't mm -hmm. feel like I'm cutting myself out of a job because when people tell me like, Hey, Mark, these are the things that we want to do. Mm -hmm. I do like this strategy. I do like this. So these are the pieces we want to put together. Mm -hmm. It still makes sense to have an advisor, to have an attorney, to have a CPA Absolutely. to work together yeah. to make sure those things get executed. Yeah. So now you have an execution team mm -hmm. who does bring you ideas. They do bring you advice, mm -hmm. but they're not telling you like, Oh, you got to raise more money into my portfolio. Mm -hmm. Yay. It's the best. It's the best thing ever. Right. Absolutely best. Right. So that's really good. Um, I, I heard several things in that. And one of it is like really kind of understanding what's important to you financially. Right. And when you understand mm -hmm. what's important to you financially, then you know, the questions to ask. Um, one thing that comes to me is, um, finding a person who you can sense has your best interest in heart rather than is just trying to sell you a product. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I mean, that's kind of Absolutely. like, I heard that sort of in your speaking, you didn't say it directly, but that's kind of like what I heard. It's like, Oh, you have to like, look at, is the person really like looking out for you, like trying to educate you, trying to tell you why, or are they just trying to sell you a product? Yeah. And is there really strategy involved? I mean, I think if you really listen, like if, as we listen to you, I could really hear there's a lot of strategy involved as opposed to, no, just buy this product. No, just do this. No, just put your money here, right? It's like, no, like, okay, here's the very customized way that you need, to, that you could potentially do things. Here are a couple of options, customized yeah. options based on what you say is important to you. And yeah. having someone like you who would sit down and, and take the time to get that information um, mm -hmm. sounds like that would be the person to talk to. Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, when, uh, 
when, you know, because really having the multiple streams of income, having the flexibility, having the, the plans and, and the strategy pieces in place, it, it does make it to where you get to, you know, you get to basically say, hey, here's what I need to do. Where's the most efficient way for me to pull funds to do it? And, you know, I'd say another kind of red flag thing is like when, when you're talking to your financial guys or, or whatnot, and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, it was a bad year, so we should probably just hold off on, on pulling any money, right? It's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, then we don't have, we don't have any flexibility. I mean, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're saying, hey, don't pull money now because it looks bad on me and, and my return, yeah. and they're just saying, hey, you should wait like another three years, wait for this to bounce back. It's like, mm -hmm. well, your client shouldn't have been in that position. Well, you should have some backup strategies, right? You should have some backup pieces in place where it's right. like, hey, okay, we can do that. We just need to not pull from this fund. It's not, the, you know, not the best time. We're going to rely more on this. You know, I still think, um, you know, the the family with a net worth of two point one billion, mm -hmm. they go out and they get a they get a uh, family office. They hire a full time CPA, full time advisor, full you know, full time mm -hmm. attorney. Well, it's twenty twenty, like we. We all Zoom. We all, we, you know, we can, we all have secure links to, and, and so I tell people like, if I should, I should actually just speak directly to your CPA. I should speak directly to your asset protection attorney. They should speak directly to me. Mm. And that way we give you the same concept of a family office. Yeah. It's just through like, hey, they're wanting to accomplish this. I don't want to trigger anything. You know, if you got something tax wise that you are saving, mm -hmm. I don't want to disrupt that. Yeah. Same thing on the attorney side, like, hey, if, how should this be structured? You know, like, and we can have that conversation before even going to the client. Like that's, I'd say that's also another thing that people should really focus on doing. It's like, hey, if my CPA doesn't know my advisor, mm -hmm. they should know each other. Mm -hmm. They absolutely should. I like that. I like that. Like really creating a team. Yeah. Sort of silos of people. Yeah. Yeah. So the last thing you want to do too is like have your CPA be like, oh, I need this statement. Now you have to go get the statement from this guy. He doesn't <laughs> right. get back to you for a week. You forward it to him. You know, like, right. you just be like, oh, you need that statement? Well, ask him for it. You know, you guys both have email. Like, you right. guys work, you know, I pay you guys. I pay you guys. Go, go work for right. me. Let know? me like, connect you to, <laughs> you know, yeah. my people. And then you guys talk and then you get back with me when it's all done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Well, so, I mean, gosh, so much information to be talked about. I feel like it cannot all be covered in one, in one episode. What else, um, like what are the big things that you want the, the docs to know to take away today? Like what is it that you want them to know? I, I think they, they need to know that there are 80,000 pages of tax code <laughs> and most CPAs will use about 10 to 20 pages. Mm. So you need to have proactive CPAs who are actually having meetings with you before the end of the year, not to report to you what you owe, but to say, hey, you have this issue coming up if we don't solve it by 1231. You also need to have a financial team who's going to say, hey, here are ways that we can work with the CPA to mitigate that issue, mm. right? And start focusing on spending not savings like savings is easy savings is the differential between income and expenses and you save the rest right. spending 
is I need to pull money and I need to go take care of some stuff. Where do I lose the least amount to taxes and this, that, or the other thing? Those two things, if you can accomplish that, you're, you're most likely going to have a significant impact where you either retire on a lot more or you retire a lot sooner. Mm, I like that. I really love that. Those are two really amazing points. So now you talk about this stuff all the time on your podcast mm -hmm. and this is your profession. So you need to let our listeners know how they can reach out to you. So I actually don't talk about this as much on my podcast oh. because uh, uh, I, we do, we do bring it up, you know, uh -huh. but uh, so we have the Wealth, Pres Wealth Preservation Podcast, uh -huh. um, and, and it has really become more of, because again, working with all these entrepreneurs who, mm. you know, when I say you need to build strategy, well, strategy looks like many different things. Mm. And we never met two entrepreneurs who did things the same. And mm. so we bring super awesome people onto our show who have started, you know, started out of a place that seemed like you were not going to be successful and first we have them tell their story of hey how, how did you go from you know um the one this week is uh lane kawaoka it was like how did you go from a dude with a master's degree civil engineer or you know he, he was an engineer mm -hmm. on what he would call the linear path to success and he gave up his job as an engineer to do just real estate investing right seems mm -hmm. crazy but he's just like, no, this allowed me to control my life, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, we want to hear his story of how he got to that conclusion. Right. Um, we, you know, we've had some incredible, incredible stories. I mean, you know, single mothers with five kids who build businesses as a way to, you know, and it's like, how did you find time to do that? And, <laughs> you know, like, I have two kids that, you know, like, yes. I, I don't know, <laughs> you know. Um, and so all of them have, a really really awesome stories yeah. to tell mm -hmm. uh, and two they also have a lot of knowledge on you know th there are some things that do kind of transcend just their profession that really mm -hmm. apply to everyone as an entrepreneur mm -hmm. i mean chiropractor who kills it on uh social media mm -hmm. and he's like here's how i set up my social media marketing to where i spend minutes a day that is mm -hmm. it like you'd think i spend hours i spend minutes right so there mm -hmm. you do pull some other lessons that i think just apply to any entrepreneur. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's, and that's, and I think you're, you, I, I love what you said. The strategy doesn't look the same for mm -hmm. everyone. Like it looks different yeah. for everyone. And I think that's important. And I think it's important with financial planning as well. The strategy doesn't look the same. Yeah, oh, it yeah. all depends on what's important to you. It all depends on where you're going. It all depends on when you want to retire. It all depends on what you currently have. Yeah. You like, know, are you like trying to get out of the country? Are you trying, you know, like, cause we, there are people with that yeah with that concern we you know we had nomad capitalist on and he was like yeah there i'm flooded with people right now who are just like you know what i want to try out a second citizenship somewhere else mm -hmm. right it's like absolutely that person's investment strategy gonna look a whole lot different than different. you know someone who's like i'm gonna live in the midwest my entire mm -hmm. life and never leave oh jeez. both well, are okay <laughs> both are i love both plans i just can't set up the same pieces for both. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so how then if, if our listeners want to reach out to you and have a consultation, mm -hmm. what is it they need to do? They could email me, uh, M Scyther, that's S as in Sam, E I T as in Tom, H E R at kingsview.com. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also visit our website, wealthpreservationpodcast.com. Reach out to us, you know, through, through our website. Um, we, you know, I never shy away from random phone calls or random emails. So, I mean, if people just call me and they're like, oh, I, I heard you on this podcast. I just want to know, like, what do you think about this? None of those phone calls have turned into hour long conversations. They're normally about seven to eight minutes. The person gets the info they need. And now they have my contact info. If they want to call back, awesome. So I'm, you know, if, uh, if people want to call me, my information's all on the website as well. Mm-hmm. Call, email, text, smoke signal. I don't care. Like, <laughs> like I'll, I'll answer phone calls however you want. I'll, I'll answer questions however you want. Well, we will uh, have all of your information in our show notes. Um, Mm -hmm. so that our listeners can reach out to you. And I think it's so important, so important that you, you do because, and especially early career um, docs, the early career people, it's like the time is right now, right now to start strategizing. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there are people like me who, you know, I didn't start early career. I started mid-career and not that it's too late, mid-career people it's never too late mid-career people my mid-career listeners <laughs> never too yeah. late you can mid-career is actually that's where it's like hey and now it's important to go have those strategic you know mm-hmm. now now time is of the essence exactly never too late. it's never too but, late the no. time is always right now yeah. <laughs> you know um so yeah i think it's super important so i just really want to thank you for for coming on and, and I, I feel like we barely scratched the surface. I mean, I, we may need to have a part two, who knows? Um, yeah, I think that- I'm down, yeah. This is kind of juicy. Also, uh, for anyone watching, I'll, I'll fix the, uh, I feel like as we've gone on through the podcast, the sun has been hitting my, it moved to where it hit my desk and now my face is all bright on this side. So <laughs> next time I'll make sure I have a shade. So I'm like, wow, Mark is glowing. Like, no, I, I'm not always that color. <laughs> well, you know, you could claim the glow. right (laughs) oh well thank you so much for coming on i i appreciate the conversation i know the listeners will love it and they'll probably bite you know like chomping the bit for more and so i hope that they do reach out to you you guys um you know you heard it here we have mark Scyther. And you can visit, what's that website again? The Wealth Preservation Wealthpreservationpodcast.com. Yes, I got it. <laughs> From memory, yes. <laughs> and so um, thanks for listening to our listeners. We appreciate you. You know that without you, there is no podcast. And you know how to reach me. Of course, if you need some work on your mindset, you need to get your mind right, you can uh, check me out at the mindremappingacademy.com or just remap your, remapmymind.com. Um, and uh, Mark, thanks again for coming on. Look forward to maybe having you on in the future. I am always open. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I always take those phone calls. So yes, no, thank you for having me on. This was super awesome. Uh, really hope that if anything, people just say, you know what, I am going to teach my, you know, I am going to tell my CPA to talk to my financial yeah. team. Like if anything, like if people do that, I'm happy. Awesome. Awesome. All right, y'all stay safe and stay masked up and we'll see you on the next podcast. Peace.
Thanks for spending time with us on this episode of Next Level Physicians Thriving Outside the Box. We hope you enjoyed this one as much as the rest. Remember to go ahead and hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time a new episode is released. It is you as our listener who help our podcast to grow. So if you like this podcast, if you enjoy what you're hearing, if you are inspired, we'd really appreciate it if you write a quick review and share it with five of your friends. We want to continue to expand our reach and bring this transformation to all of those doctors and medical professionals out there who are still seeking more autonomy, more freedom, more expression and purpose in their careers and lives. Finally, if you want to learn more about how I can help you as a doctor or medical professional transform your mindset, leverage your skill set, and create a profitable business and career you love by your design, please check out my website, www.drmaisha.com. That's D R M A I Y S H A.com. On my website, you can access one of my three free masterclasses to get you started on your journey to the next level. Have a wonderful rest of the day and an amazing rest of the week, y'all. And keep your head up looking to the next level. Namaste.